Good morning. Welcome, everyone. We are so glad that you are here to join in the service this morning. Well, we have a baptismal service, and, uh, and it is always a great, wonderful time to hear what God is doing in other people's lives. And so we have five candidates. Um, four are going to be testifying. One is going to have her grandmother uh, read it for her. And so, so what we're going to do is we're going to actually have them come. And the best part of the celebration is hearing a story. Isn't that right? A person with experience will never be at the mercy of a person with an argument. And uh, you can't, you can't um, go against what God has done in someone's heart. So at this time, I'm going to ask Janine Hathaway, and she's going to come. And so I'm going to ask her to come. And then right after her, Angela, I'm going to have you come. Hello. Hi. So I have no clue how I'm going to start this. <laughs> so I guess I'll just go with it. So hi, I'm Janine Hathaway. I've been coming to Bethel for about four years. I used to go to the vineyard, but when I was in grade six, I decided that I wanted to come here because I got involved with Devoted Ministries and I wanted Stephen Mitchell to be my pastor. <laughs> it took a while for the change to happen, but when it, um, when it did, I was very happy about it. Um, my mom got sick when I was in around grade three with a cold that never really went away. And on September 17th, 2017, she ended up in emergency because she couldn't breathe. Um, and I lost my place. That's okay. So I have had kind of a harder life. Um, I've had to do a lot for myself and have had to um, see other people, be with their moms, and be able to go out with them. And it was hard for me to understand that my mom couldn't do everything that I wanted her to be able to do with me. But the one thing is I always had my dad, and my dad would come to everything with me, and um, he would never miss anything, and would come to my Christmas concert, drop me off at camp, and he was just always there. On September 7th of last year, I lost my cousin to a car accident, and he was an amazing person, and I miss him every day. After that, I got really depressed, and in November of last year, my parents almost lost me because I couldn't deal with the pain anymore and of everything that had been going on. And, and at that point, I got admit I got a bit better after that, but in January, we went back into quarantine. And that was not good for me because I'm a very social person, and when I'm around people, I'm a lot happier. I remember my dad coming into my room that night crying because he couldn't lose his little girl, and all I remember is me sitting there crying, apologizing to him because I was about I was going to leave, and I didn't think about what everyone else would feel. In June of this year, Diana Pringle texted me and asked me to come and work at camp, and because they needed more workers for this summer, and of course I said yes because I love TMBC. And so I went out there, and I was only supposed to be out there for two weeks, but those two weeks turned into eight weeks. Um, so I was out there all summer, and it helped me a lot. I learned who I wanted to be, where I wanted to be, and what I wanted to do like around God and stuff. And um, there's one verse that has always stuck out to me, and it's Psalms 119, verse 11. And it's, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I think that has stuck with out to me because God has never left me and he is always in my heart. The next verse is Proverbs 27, 8 and is, do not boast about tomorrow for you don't know what the next day may bring. And I like that one because 
I've lost so many people in my life that I never know when the last time is going to be that I see them. And so I use the time that I have with them and don't take it for granted. I think getting baptized will finally put a few of the puzzle pieces back together and put um, just bring my life back together. I wanted to thank all my family and friends for coming out to watch my baptism. Thank you. Thanks, Jean. Um, Angela Orser is part of the Teen Challenge program. She's going to come and share her testimony. We're always happy to have uh, the Teen Challenge crew with us. There you go. Okay, I'm gonna... My name is Angela Orser. I'm 37 years old from Melita. Um, I grew up in a non-Christian home, so I knew nothing about God or hadn't even opened a Bible. Um, I grew up with both my parents and an older brother, and addiction's very strong on both sides of my family. So around the age of 12 to 13, I had began to self-medicate. I got sober at the age of 22 for a year before my son was born, and I was sober for 10 years until I relapsed in 2018. Coming to Adult and Teen Challenge has been a lifesaver. Um, this is my last chance at being a mom, being happy and having a life again. It's literally life or death for me. Um, I lost everything in addiction, uh, my home, my husband, my children, um, everyone else I'd pushed so far away. So the pain, shame, and guilt had me um, injecting drugs to the point where my body was shutting down. Between the drugs, the abuse, my lifestyle, the people I was hanging around, um, it almost killed me. I was on IV and very sick at the end, and I thought it was the end. I'm proud to say now I'm three months sober, and I just started my three months at ATC. I've began restoration with my children. I've given my life to Jesus Christ, and I've come to learn that I am enough, and I'm going to try and use my past as stepping stones to help other women in domestic violence or with drugs. I have a chance at life again, a healthy, happy life, and it's definitely not easy, but I feel it'll be so worth it. So many prayers have been answered already. It just can't be coincidences anymore, because at the beginning, I really thought it was. But I'm so happy to finally put my old self to rest and embrace this new life ahead of me. I don't trust easy at all, but I do trust God because he saved my life. And like my favorite scripture, Jeremiah 20:11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, said the Lord. They are plans for good, not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. And I want to thank all my sisters and the staff at ATC and Sister T and my friend Chris, is, who is here with his girlfriend, they helped get me to where I am today. So thank you, guys. I love you. It's been great to hear how God can change lives. Uh, the next is coming now. Um, Kenzie uh, Rolls is going to be baptized, but her grandmother is going to be speaking for her. And so I'm going to ask Lorraine if she can come and share just a few words, I guess, for... Kenzie wanted to share with you that she really wanted to get baptized because... I I really wanted to get baptized because I was in the hospital for non-epileptic seizures and I prayed with my mom and dad and said, I want out of the hospital, Jesus. And to all of our family surprise, she was let go from the hospital. And this was a reason why I want to get baptized because Jesus is real to her now and she wants to follow Jesus. Kenzie, we just want to congratulate you as a family. There's a lot of family here supporting you today, and the family of God as well. 
Thanks, Kenzie. Uh, through Lorraine, we are glad to be able to uh, to uh, celebrate together that, as well as family. Uh, now we have a brother and sister uh, who are going to be uh, baptized today. First one is going to be Ruth Gameda, and so I'm going to ask Ruth that she can come and she can share her testimony. Hello, my name is Ruth Gameda. I am. Growing up, I was born in a Christian home, went to church every Sunday, and got taught about Jesus at home by parents. I had a Bible study every Friday as well. Even though I knew so much about Christ, I didn't know him personally. I had such a desire to know him, but I got so distracted by my sinful thoughts and actions that it pulled me away from wanting to know him. One day, there was a conference at my church. I loved going to conferences because it made me feel happy, and I loved seeing Jesus change other people's lives. As we were praying, the pastor called all the youth to come up so he could pray for us. As I was walking up the stage, I prayed a little prayer in my head, asking God to speak to me. Um, As we got to the stage, um, we said the Lord's Prayer, and as we finished, we closed our eyes and started to pray personally. As I was praying, I started to breathe heavily and my hands started to shake. I found myself walking towards where the pastor was standing. I fell down on my knees and started to cry, yelling, Jesus, Jesus. I didn't know what was going on back then, but I knew that it was from Jesus. But as I look back now, I know that it was from the Holy Spirit and that Jesus had answered my prayer. When high school started, that's where my faith started to fail. Lots of the friends that I had weren't Christians, so it was harder for me to talk about my faith and who Jesus was. I was scared of getting hate and bullied for my faith. I didn't want to risk the friendships that I had because I was comfortable in those friendships. Deep down, I was guilty of not sharing about Jesus because I knew that's what God wanted me to do, but I let fear and judgment get the best of me. Uh, Throughout grade 9 and 10, I kept Jesus to myself and didn't bother to say anything. This summer, I decided to read the Bible every day, pray and worship God, and thank him for everything he has done for me. It was a tough thing to do, but I was up for the challenge. I started reading my Bible every morning and every night. I also prayed for 20 minutes every day. I put on worship music and just sat in my bed. As I kept doing this every day, I found peace, joy, comfort in knowing that God is good all the time and that he knows what's best for me. I found myself happier than I was before. I started to talk to my friends about my faith, started to talk to God in general, found people that pulled me closer to Christ and challenged my faith. Um, I had the desire, and I still do have the desire to do ministry, traveling traveling the world, talking about my Savior, Jesus Christ, and And in that moment, I knew that everything I went through, Jesus had already figured it out. And it had led me to this point where I'm standing now. I am here because I want to fully give my life to Christ and live for him every day. I want to live my life like Jesus did by preaching the gospel and showing people the way to eternal life. I want to get baptized because I want to celebrate a new life in Christ and commit to Jesus publicly. And she told me she was nervous. Her brother Joseph is coming, and Joseph is going to testify as well. Hi, my name is Joseph Gameda. I'm 15 years old. I grew up in a Christian home all my life and went to church almost every single Sunday and went to Sunday school. 
until one day I experienced Jesus at a conference. There was a conference and a pastor was praying for all the young kids and the youth of the church. I thought it was like every other prayer. But as soon as he started praying, I felt something come over me. And I don't know how, how to explain it, but a few seconds later, I dropped down to my knees and started crying. I didn't know what came over me, but now I am certain that it was the Holy Spirit touching my heart. Everyone around me was Christian. I even went to a Christian school, so it was very easy for me to talk about God and to keep God in my everyday life. But after grade eight, I went to high school, and God started to slowly disappear from my everyday life. And before I realized it, I was the only Christian in my classes. So it became harder for me to talk about God or to even bring God up. With the pressure of being, praying became the least of my worries. All until one night. As I was scrolling through TikTok, a specific TikTok popped up on my feed. It was a Christian creator. He was talking about, he was talking directly to me. That second, I promised myself to pray and read the Bible as much as I can. Being a Christian for me is devoting your life to God and building that relationship with him. It takes two people to build a relationship. And what God does is stand there and wait for you to come to him. He won't force you to have a relationship or to build that relationship with him. You have to come by your own choice, and that's where I went wrong. With everything going on in my life, with school, sports, and getting good grades, I didn't really read the Bible or pray as much. I didn't put my part into building that relationship with God. I didn't value my relationship with God as I do now. Being baptized for me is declaring your faith in public and making it known that Jesus is my Lord and Savior, and that's what I'm here to do now. So what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to ask the candidates if they can kind of be dismissed and, and uh, meet uh, Leanne at the back there so that they can get themselves prepared so you can leave at this time. And so it takes a few minutes uh, for them to get prepared to do the, the baptismal. And uh, so we just kind of wanted to take a couple of minutes uh, just, to, just to give them uh, to prepare themselves. I thought they did a great job. I'm always inspired by the fact that the Holy Spirit works in so many different ways so many different avenues in, in people's lives, and, and a number of us here could testify to the same thing in our lives, how God has moved, and that could be whether you were raised in a, in a Christian home or you never, ever um, were. Um, I came across the story this week, and I think I, I have a picture of it on, on the PowerPoint, if you could show it. This guy here, he's 23 years old, his name is Brenton Wynn, and um, February 28, 2019 was probably the worst day in his life. After going off rehab and being angry at God from the frustrations that were going on, he decided uh, to break into Central Baptist Church in Conway, Arizona. And in his, his um, brokenness and, and in his drug-addicted rage, he committed about $100,000 damage to the church. And it was the worst day of his life, but it led to steps... Uh, being the best day of his life, because this is him six months later in September, about to be baptized in where? Central Baptist Church of Conway, Arkansas. What happened was that after he was caught and they brought him before the, the judge, the pastor of that church got up and said, you know, we've been in existence for 50 years. 
And if I can't preach and speak about forgiveness and grace, then, then everything that I've been saying and anything this church has been saying over the last 50 years means absolutely nothing. And so what we would like for him to do is to go to a thing which, was, uh, which is called the Renewal Ranch, much like Teen Challenge. So he had the choice of going to jail for probably a decade or so, or taking the one-year program and having 300 years of, 300 years, 300 days of community service. Boy, that would be tough, 300 years. <laughs> and so the judge gave him that choice and he decided to go to, to this particular ranch, the Renewal Ranch, and and as they had proceeded and helped him to, to get out of the drugs and to deliver him from the bondage that he was in, three months into the program, he decided that he was going to accept Jesus. He started going to the church that he vandalized, and here he is, about to be baptized. And it just represents everything about baptism. It celebrates the fact that God changes our lives, and God can do something beautiful out of all the brokenness that has taken place. And and this is why we enjoy, I enjoy baptismal services. And um, the thing I've always found, though, with a baptismal service is that there's a whole group of, different group of people. There have been people who have been going to church for 60 years. And there's some people, this is your first Sunday. There's some people, and you're thinking, I have not been in, I was in this church, but it was 20 years ago. And you're thinking, is that the same red carpet that they had 20 years ago? <laughs> That's a totally different issue. <laughs> but we're glad that you are here um, no matter what. But I've come to find out that there are a lot of people who are sitting in baptismal service and are kind of saying, what is it all about? What is baptism all about? I, I kind of get the idea that it's kind of symbolic, that it's kind of like, it's like the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus. That kind of represents that. And, and the fact that there is water involved kind of gives you the idea of cleansing and the cleaning of sins. And it's the death of the old person and it's the resurrection of the new person. And, and I kind of, you can kind of figure it out a little bit uh, but some people kind of get caught up in the infant baptism thing. Well, I got baptized as an infant, and that was kind of what covered me until I got confirmed, and, and, uh, and I really don't understand it. Well, the Bible never has one instance of a child or a baby being baptized. Not one. There are children that were dedicated to the Lord, but never. Baptism was always represented for people who have actively made the choice to accept Jesus. And it's one of the first things Jesus tells us to do when we come to know him. And so if Jesus commands you to be baptized, the first thing you should be saying, well, I'll think about it. Maybe I'll do it some other day. Well, no, it's an important, it's an important thing. And I grew up in a, a totally unchurched home. Uh, before coming to know Jesus, there was no history of me uh, being in church whatsoever. And so as I started to get into church life, I said, what's this all about? This is, this is like, what, did they open the pool once in, every, once in a while every Sunday? Or I forgot to bring my bathing suit? Or I didn't know. I just, it was something that I just couldn't figure out. Until all of a sudden, I was able to figure out as, as, as God was kind of opening these, these things to me. And um, so what I wanted to do, just before, and as they're getting, as they're getting prepared, I just want to give you the nuts and bolts. I'm not going to give you a long history of what everything is about and what everyone believes about it. But if I can kind of give you the nuts and the bolts, the important things about baptism, I think it would be a good thing uh, for us to understand. First thing is this. I think the most important thing about baptism is it signifies the fact that Jesus died and rose from the dead for you. One good thing about baptism is that it signifies the gospel, which, which actually means in the original language gospel, good news. 
What's so good about somebody dying on a cross? Well, it's what it means for you and me. It's the fact that we were hopelessly lost. We needed to be rescued. We were separate from God. And the only way for us to receive a pardon was for God to come down in human flesh and to die for our sins. And the Bible puts it this way in Romans 5, 8. God commends his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And um, we are beyond rescue. You can't get to heaven from just doing good. I've met so many people who said, well, I'm basically a good person. So when I get to that point where I get to heaven, I can basically think that I've done more good things than bad things. So the, the heavenly scale in the sky will see that I do more good than bad, and that will say I'm good. What, the problem with that is most people on death row thinks that, think that they are basically good people. The default is this, is that we're not. There is a disease that we have as a result of, of sin happening in our lives, and, and Jesus died for that. That's what baptism represents. It also represents this, that you get a new opportunity. You get a redo. I'm so thankful for new opportunities because I'll tell you this, I am a multiple offender. And God offers a new experience for you and he does for me. He is the God of the second chance. And and everything we do today centers around the fact that God loves us and created us to have this love relationship with him. And here's the thing. God takes the initiative. God will take you where you are at. You don't say, okay, I got to get a little bit better before I start serving Jesus. No, he takes you at your worst. And that's the wonderful thing about God. So it doesn't matter how far you have walked away. You're still one step back to God. Um, if any man be in Christ, it says he's a new creation. The old has come, or the old has gone, the new is here. And that's the wonderful thing about it. They did studies on people who are addicted to video games and they're trying to figure out why is this such an epidemic in our society. And one of the things they're talking about, the advantage or what people like about video games, is that it has a reset button. That if you don't do good at the game, you can kind of press the reset. And, and, and sometimes we don't realize, you know, in life, hey, you don't get a reset. And although it is true, sometimes you live with the repercussions of your life. There is a God who will take you where you're at. There is a new opportunity. There is a forgiveness. And the relationship status doesn't go from um, enemy to friend. It goes from enemy to a son and a daughter of God. That's absolutely fantastic. And that's that's what, as people are baptized today, this is kind of what is going on in the spiritual realm. It represents It represents that. Maybe most of all, it offers this hope. That when you see someone who has died and risen from the dead, that brings hope. Like, you may not realize this, but you can't live without hope. You are here today because something has taken place for you to say, okay, there is something inside of me that wants to continue to go on. And um, this hope is the fact that there is a God who is relentlessly pursuing us. And there's a place in, that it's called heaven that God desires us to be in so much that he paid an ultimate price. And even the most difficult situation you are going through, there is light at the end of the tunnel if you choose to follow Jesus. That all things work out to those who, are, who love him are called according to his purpose. And, and the Bible says this. 
He says, let us hold on unswervingly, it says in Hebrews 10, 23, to the hope that we profess, because he who has promised is faithful. I looked at that word unswervingly. I haven't heard the word unswervingly. Have you ever heard of that word before? I don't use that in normal conversation. How do you drive? Well, unswervingly. Acleans is what it means. It's in the Greek. It means without bending. That we don't bend even though the world bends, even though a circumstance bends, even though you're going through the most difficult time, even though it's harsh for you right now. There's a hope that you can hold on to. And this is particularly important in a day which is so confusing and people are looking for hope. And we are cut left and right by whatever circumstances that we're going through. And the one thing is that you have a hope. But the thing about hope is this. Your hope has to be grounded on truth. It has to be grounded on something which is rule. So that's baptism. It's the opportunity to consider what God has offered us and for what we have received and what you can receive if you don't know Jesus. My favorite baptismal story was of a pastor who was pastoring a small church in Texas and they didn't have like a full building or anything like that. So what they did is they inflated this, this small pool. They did the baptisms in a small little pool. And they were having about 30 people being baptized and so as he's going there, getting to the, the day, all of a sudden he realizes nobody's filled, up, nobody's filled up the pool with water. And so he thinks, i got to get a hose. You, you guys have a hose? No, we don't have a hose. So he says, i got to get going right away to the hardware store, get a hose. Uh, otherwise, people, it's going to be what, what would probably be called a dry baptism. <laughs> Nothing there. We'll just pretend. And so what happens is he's about to get into his car and he sees this guy named John comes up and said, Pastor, I need to talk to you. And he says, okay, well, talk to me as, a, as we go to the, the car. He says, no, no, I need to really talk to you. Can, it needs to be a private conversation. And so he puts his keys. You know how when you got to go, you got your key in the, the, almost in the ignition. You're kind of walking with the key sticking out there. He goes into the office and he says, Pastor, before I get anywhere, I want to know that you're for real. He says, what do you mean? He says, well, I was in one of your services, and, and you've been teaching on the fact that, that the love of God remains real no matter what you do. He may not agree with some of the, the behaviors that you have, but, but there's not going to be anything that separates you from the love of God. And I want to know if you're real. He says, well, of course that's real. He says, good, because there's some things that are going on in my life that are so terrible that I can hardly admit it to people. And as a matter of fact, I was going to another church, and, and as I was going along, I decided to come clean with all the stuff that was going on in my life, and the stuff that was going on in my life was so atrocious that they said, why don't you just leave and not come back again? And that has spun me into a level of brokenness until I'm here today, and I want to know what the truth is. And so what happens is he begins to work with this individual, and he finds a support group which is dealing with the area that was, he was struggling with. Not only that, he gets part of a small group and, 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 and ends up having a group of people just kind of surround him, like Christians should do. And, and so he said, he says, one more thing. And the pastor thinks, as he says, one more thing. He says, it's impossible for me to get to the, to the hardware store now. I'm not going to have time. He says, I just wanted to tell you something, Pastor. I wasn't planning on going here. For some reason, I just turned in, but I was going to go straight past, and I was going to commit suicide. I was going to end it all. He said, really? What were you going to do? He says, well, I went to the hardware store, and I bought a hose and some duct tape. <laughs> As a matter of fact, it's in the back of the truck right now. 
I was going to drive it there, and I was going to tape it to my exhaust, put it in my window, and that's how I was going to kill myself. And he says, what? Really? You got a hose? <laughs> and he said, we well, learned something that day. And I saw, he says, as I read it out, he says, and I got, saw God take something that was intended for death, that hose, and use it to fill something up that means life, that baptismal pool. I said, every time we did baptismals, we kind of told that story. We're having an opportunity to witness God moving in our lives. And, and if I could just pray, say a prayer at this time and ask that God will just continue to bless you as we, we have this baptismal service. And, and if you're here and you're needing answers to questions, hey, don't leave without talking to me or someone on the staff and, and we will do our best to point you in the right direction. God, I thank you for these people who are represented today, and I thank you for everyone who's here visiting, uh, those who are just kind of here as the normal crowd. I pray, Father, that you will begin to bless each and every individual as uh, they are baptized today. May you be lifted up and glorified, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'm going to draw your attention to the baptismal tank, which is right there. Good morning. I have Janine Hathaway here in the tank. Hathaway, sorry here in the tank with me, and we're just going to baptize her this morning, and Janine has been been coming to our junior youth and to our youth group for a number of years and has been involved quite heavily, and so it's, it's my honor to baptize her this morning and uh, and just to be able to to do that and just, the, you know, watch her grow up in this church and watch her grow up in our youth group has been, has been a real blessing, and so Janine... By the confession of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ as he commands us, baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So we have Angela Orser. You heard her testimony. And uh, we are wanting to baptize her. So, um, Angela, what we want to do is we, based on confession of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, and as he had commanded it, I baptize you now in the name of the Father and the Son. Kinsey Rolls, based on your confession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, we now baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Ruth Gometa, based on your confession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, and as he commanded it, we baptize you now in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. our last baptismal, Joseph Gemetta, based on your confession of the Lord Jesus Christ and as he commanded it, we baptize you now in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I want to thank you for joining us and uh, being a part of this day, and you're more than welcome to come back at other times if you so wish, and uh, usually we would kind of sing a song all together, but if you'd like to stay and sing, I'm going to sing the song one more time, but if you'd like to get up and leave, you're formally dismissed at this point, and we just pray that you'll be blessed, and you'll be filled with wisdom, and you'll have a great day. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen. Let's continue the conversation online. Visit us at BethelBrandon.ca or follow us on Facebook. Thank you.